made it back to Monday. Alabama in its final week of preseason camp, and you're rocking and rolling with the number one form, number one source, number one ticket, hottest conductor in the land, talking your Crimson Tide football. Yours truly, Stephen M. Smith, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. This is In My Own Words, coming to you from the magic city of Birmingham, streaming to you the show on YouTube. Speaking of a channel, go ahead right now, drop a thumbs up, give a like on the show, hit that subscribe button, turn all of those notifications on, hit that bell, so that way you can have all your news, all your notes, all of your alerts, all your updates on your favorite program, that being Alabama football. We also got you covered here on Facebook and Twitter as well. All forms of social media streaming to you the show. People, we are 12 days, 12 days until Bama, Miami, Saturday, September 4th, 2.30 p.m. Central Time, Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. We are Pat Trammell, Joe Namath, Ken Stabler, Greg McElroy, and if you want to throw Brody Crow in there, Brody Crow two days away from Crimson Tide football. I'm excited, I'm excited, I'm excited about this right now. Definitely excited to have each and every last one of you checking out the show on today. We got a lot to unpack, get into, talk about, and discuss. As always, I got my man John Ivor in the building handling his thing in the production studio. Gotta shout out Jimmy the Batman Clay early. That $25 donation in the Super Chats, helping us out here on the show. That daily Super Chat go, $75. Daily Super Chat go. You guys have been outstanding showing us the love and the support here as you always do and we want to hear from you today 205-448-1358 that is the number to dial to call to let your voice be known your opinion be heard on the show 205-448-1358 and one more time 205-448-1358 well without further ado let's jump right into the topics here of conversation the first one alabama concluded its second scrimmage of preseason camp over the weekend and uh, offensively we're still seeing some good things we're still seeing uh, some explosive plays now of course defense is still the key to the drill but defense is still out there dominating cracking heads making plays running all over the field but the offense has been able to create you know some more explosive plays in the second scrimmage versus the first one and uh, the first guy we got to dive into and in recapping the offense people Trey Sanders is for real He's back, y'all. I mean, he's back. He is looking so darn good. Speed is there. Agility's there. Cutback ability is there. Burst is there. Acceleration there. Uh, explosiveness there. He, he's back. He is back. I mean, he is number two in the rotation behind Brian Robinson. Now, this does not mean uh, that Jace McClellan and Roy Dale Williams have been doing nothing. Both of those two have performed well. It's just... Trey is trying to prove to everyone he can stay healthy. Trey is trying to prove to everyone he's got that gear, he's got the speed, he's got the burst, he's got the motor, and all of the things that the setbacks have kind of tried to rob from him, he's wanting to prove that he has all of those things back and he's ready to be a prime time factor within this offense. And the pass catching ability, once again, he showed in the first scrimmage that he can enhance the passing game, catching balls out the backfield and getting up and, down, and getting up and down the field. He showed that in this recent game like practice here. And you know, Alabama is going to utilize the backs more as receivers, especially after what we saw from Najee Harris in the last two years, 2019 and 2020, and the production he had and the production that Josh Jacobs had. So Bill O'Brien, Coach Saban, Robert Gillespie, who's the running backs coach, they all want to use the back out the backfield, dump the ball out to him. Let those guys make plays out there in the open field. And just seeing the rise, to see the hunger, to see the continuation of growth from Sanders and wanting to prove he can stay healthy is a very special, is a very outstanding thing. So Trey Sanders, first and foremost, standing out there you know, in the scrimmage. Another big game-like practice for him. Moving down to the offensive line. 
Alabama's got some competition here on the offensive line at both center and right tackle. Now, it was a considered lock that Chris Owens, the redshirt senior from Texas, would be the starter at center. I mean, uh, came on strong uh, this past season, fielding admirably for Landon Dickerson when he got the injury against Florida in the SEC title game. Owens played well in the college football playoff. This is somebody who has played a lot of football in his career. He's very versatile. He's played at center, offensive guard, offensive tackle, and tight end. Nick Saban really likes that experience. And after he started started all the reps at center and spring ball and had a really good summer, so far in fall camp, there's been a little competition going between uh, Owens and Darian Dalcourt, the junior, former four-star out of Maryland, uh, who came in the 2019 class. Now, Owens did not scrimmage over the weekend. Nick Saban, Doug Marone, and the staff went with Dalcourt with the first team, and they liked what they saw. I mean, Dalcourt at 6'3", 300 pounds, is a more naturally gifted center. I kind of look at him as an Antoine Caldwell type, if you will. He's nasty. He's he's aggressive. You know, he's versatile. He, he can get some plays done at that spot right there. Now, of course, DJ Dale, defensive lineman, he spoke to reporters last week and talking about how Chris Owens is the most, is the smartest guy he's ever competed against. He's athletic. He's quick. He's strong. He can move. He can do a lot of things. And not only calling out the offensive scheme, but knowing what the defense is doing. But if, I, if I've said this once, I've said this multiple times, when Landon Dickerson left for the NFL draft, that that's a big hole at center because Landon was just so special in what he was able to do from a physicality standpoint, from a, from a, from an intellect IQ standpoint, from a leadership standpoint, but also him becoming the fan favorite that he became. So I like Chris Owens, but no competition now there between he and Darian Dalcourt for that center job. Just something to keep your eyes on here as we're 12 days away from Bama, Miami. Now, as we flip over here to the right tackle position, Kendall Randolph got nicked up in the first scrimmage, came off the field with an ankle injury. It was minor. He walked off under his own power, nothing too serious. But the coaching staff held him out over the weekend and went with the freshman, J.C. Latham, running first team in Latham. Big Latham did some good stuff. Big Latham looked pretty good out there. He looked serviceable. He did his thing. He did his job. So now... Doug Marone's like, okay, you know, Latham could be the guy we could go here at that right tackle position. Kendall Randolph has experience, much like uh, Chris Owens. He's played a lot of football, but in this recent scrimmage, we're seeing some young guys get some opportunities here, and they're starting to kind of show up and show out here a little bit. So we'll keep our eyes on the offensive line, in particular at center and right tackle as this competition here starting to brew up a little bit. So as we go now to the wide receiver room, uh, John Mechie is popping up here in fall camp. And, you know, Mechie, he endured a couple of surgeries or had a couple of surgeries in uh, the spring. So we didn't get a chance to see him much in the spring. But in the second scrimmage, Mechie, an 80-yard touchdown catch from uh, Bryce Young. And this is really good because it's showing that speed is there, burst is there. Playmaking ability is there. Really good. They're watching Mechie at that 80-yard touchdown catch. And then Jamison Williams, kind of the same deal. Uh, sources have been telling me he's going to kind of be the deep threat here in this wide receiver room. He's got burners. He's got wheels. He's got speed. He can go up there and go get it coming from Ohio State as a transfer. He had a 60-yard touchdown reception from Paul Tyson over the weekend. So the two big receivers, Mechie, and Williams handling their thing, doing what they're supposed to do out there and being leaders. But as good as those two guys are, the young bucks, the young guns, the young bloods at receiver, they are chomping for playing time now. They're gunning for it. JoJo Earl, number 10, is on Slade Bolden's hip trying to start in the slot. JoJo Earl has turned all the way up and I mean, he looks great. Nick Saban's talked about it. He looks really, really Really good. Catching touchdown passes. Making splash plays. We know he's in the conversation to be a starter 
possibly a kick returner or punt returner, but JoJo Earl, number 10, on the hip of Slade Bolden at that slot position, he's looking good. Number seven, Ja'Cory Brooks. This was the most least talked about receiver in the 2021 class. Everybody was talking Hall, Leary, Earl. No one was talking Brooks. Seven Brooks has come alive in camp. This is the second straight scrimmage where he's made multiple catches. He's caught multiple balls. He's made some splash plays. He's been getting out there. Keep your eyes, number seven, Ja'Cory Brooks. Number 12, Christian Leary continues to hold his own. He's had a great fall camp. And at number 11, Treshawn Holden, the sophomore. I'm being told he's the sleeper of the group. He's got the size at 6'3", 208 pounds. He's got the, the, the hands, the routes, the athleticism, leaping ability. He's got the breakaway speed. Holden's got a chance to be a real marquee playmaker in this wide receiver room. Keep your eyes on him. Number 11, Treshawn Holden, kind of a sleeper here of the group. But Brooks, uh, Leary, and JoJo Earl, the three freshmen, they're gunning, baby. They are gunning for some playing time right now for the Crimson Tide. So, I mean, that's just really cool here looking at the what Trey, what, what Trey Sanders has been able to do and his recovery and him looking great out there in camp. We're looking at the offensive line. we got a competition here going between, at the center position between Owens and Dalcor at right tackle, between Kendall Randolph and J.C. Latham, and just watching the, the, the young receivers step up. Pretty cool also. But last but not least here, we got Cameron Latou. Keep your eyes on Cameron Latou. This guy has had a really good camp and uh, another scrimmage where he's catching touchdown passes. He's become the favorite target of Bryce Young. Whenever Bryce Young needs a big play in the red area, he's going to big 81 at 6'5", 250 pounds. Since he made the transition to tight end, from outside linebacker in 2019. He has grown. He has developed into his body. He's got the size, speed, athleticism, blocking ability, routes, hands, can play it. And you know he has NFL potential written all over him. So keep your eyes on Cameron Latou. He buzzed a lot in the spring, and that buzz has continued in fall camp. I think he's going to shock some people. Cameron Latou is going to shock a lot of people in the upcoming season. But it's just great seeing Trey Sanders. It's great seeing the competition on the line. It's great seeing these young receivers get that thing done. And guys like Mechie and Jamison Williams go out there and show that leadership role and make big plays. And keep your eyes on Cam Latou, big tight end, doing some big stuff in fall camp. That takes us to our first break on the show. Don't touch that dial. Just getting your chest warm here. When we get back, we go to the phone lines to take your calls, your thoughts, your conversations. We got a dialogue with you, the Tide Nation, after this. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace today by visiting weownthefourthquarter.com. Throw them foes up. I'm Malachi Moore. You're watching In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith on Touchdown Alabama YouTube channel. Every sports fan deserves the proper representation. Whitwill Sports introduces to you the title towel. Wave that title towel in the air like you just don't care in support of Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Only $9.99 and it lasts a lifetime. Head on over to WhitwillSports.com and get your title towel today. Remember the taste of Grandma's delicious sweets? Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes brings back those precious memories with just one bite. Each cake made from scratch. They make the perfect dessert to share with family and friends for any occasion, and ordering is easy. Visit emilysheirloompoundcakes.com. Click the online store and shop. Then pick up your fresh cake at the kitchen in downtown Homewood. Order yours online at emilysheirloompoundcakes.com. Emily's Heirloom Pound Cakes, making memories from scratch. And we're back in. 
to the action from the break on a Monday, getting that work week started for you correctly. Number one form for Bama Football News. In my own words, George Truly, Stephen M. Smith, Touchdown Alabama Magazine. 12 days until Bama Miami. Get ready, get ready, get ready. It's upon us. It's almost upon us right now, folks. I am juiced up, ready to go here for this football season. Got a couple of super chats to get to. So how about McConnick? McConnick, that $25 donation. Helping us out here on the show. And then Jimmy Clay has returned with 25 more dollars that he has decided to drop in here. So McConnick and Jimmy Clay got the super chat goal of $75, Matt. Appreciate the love from those two and all of you that are in the chat line right now. Chat line is blowing up. Appreciate every single last one of you guys helping us out here, being engaging on the show. We go to the phone lines right now. Take your call. Call segment, call segment brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. That's the number right there, 205-448-1358. We go to our first call. You're live on the show. What's going on? State your name and where you calling from. Uh-oh, it's the president. The president's calling in here on Manic Monday here from Jasper, Alabama. Just another Manic Monday. I tell you, Stephen, looks like I'm going to have to get my whistle and my hat on or suit up one. I'm going to have to get down there and kick Billingsley right in the back end. What's going on with him? Do I need to go down there? I don't think you need to come down, Wayne. It's one of those situations where, and I'm going to explain this more in the second topic. Now, what I was told was it was COVID protocols because he had missed the first two days of fall camp because of COVID protocols. Now, I remember Coach Saban said that all but one of the players had been vaccinated. Now, I don't know if Billingsley's the one player who has not gotten the vaccine. I don't know. I'm not quite sure. But this is the second time that Coach Saban has been pretty stern toward Billingsley in terms of the media. So my hope and prayer is that these two will get this figured out because I want to see 19 on the field this season. Yeah, we've got to have him from last year to this year. We, we, this guy's got – I mean, we're having problems here. Coach Saban, they need to get it straightened out. And this this COVID protocol, it's, it's crazy now. This vaccine has been, uh, you know, uh, safe now from the FDA and all these other people and the CDA and the PTA and all this stuff. So maybe more people to take the vaccine and we'll, we'll, we'll get this stuff out of the way here and don't have to worry about it. We want to remember everybody here in the Blue Ridge Games looking good, uh, cities, towns, countries, and states. TDA appreciates everyone over there. Big money, McConnick, Jimmy, I tell you what, everybody in the chat, I love all of you. We want to remember Waverly, Tennessee. I went up there yesterday with a friend of mine. His wife had had people lived up there. All the thing I can do is describe that place. It looked like where a bomb had dropped it. I've never saw water destruction like that. It looked like where somebody had dropped an atomic bomb. We need to pray for these people, pray for our troops in Afghanistan and the people to get out of there and get this situation solved. And So I'm going to get off here. All y'all be good, Stephen. Keep them boys straight down there on Tuscaloosa. If you need some help, call me. Oh, y'all, I love everyone. I'll see you on Wednesday. Bye-bye, everyone. Appreciate the call from our president, Waylon Colburn, starting us off here on the show. We take our next call. You're live on the show. What's going on? State your name and where you calling from. How you feeling? Hey, Roll Tide, Stephen. This is uh, Al from Colorado calling back here. What's going on, Al? What's happening, my man? Well, you sort of started a conversation there. Something I'm, I'm curious about is what you're hearing as far as uh, the effects of, you know, we have this new uh, Delta variant out there and maybe another one coming around. But just like the flu, this is going to have different variants every year, you know, maybe more than one a year. This is just something we haven't run across before. I'm just wondering if the football powers that be are looking at this and are looking at some uh, big restrictions or maybe even canceling the season. I could see that happening under certain circumstances. I'm just kind of worried because I'm so wound up uh, ready for football here. And, uh, you know, and then uh, I know that my Oakland Raiders have said, you know, if you don't show proof of that you're fully vaccinated, you don't get in. You know, and I think other teams in the NFL are looking at that. And, you know, we could be looking at, uh, uh, you know, another restricted season as far as fan participation, all that. And, you know, and players getting sick again and stuff. It's just, uh, uh, you know, a situation that really worries me. Number one, I don't want the players and the coaches and the staff getting sick, you know, trying to bring us football. I love football, but I don't want anybody getting sick and dying, if you know what I mean. So um, uh, I'll just hang up here and, and listen to you talk about it. 
I mean, that's a good point, Al. I mean, the powers that be in college football, they are talking about it. Coaches are talking about it. Commissioners are talking about it. Presidents, chancellors, everybody around college football is discussing the Delta variant. I know uh, you got to take those precautions, take that vaccine, uh, um, do the social distancing, wear the mask, everything that you have to do within the protocol to make sure that you're staying safe, you're staying healthy, but most importantly, you're looking out for other people as well as yourself. So absolutely, you, you don't want to have football at the risk uh, of people's lives. But I think at the same time, I think the, the, the powers that be in college football, they're monitoring this, they're handling this, and they're trying to figure out what's the best way to monitor the situation as well as still get football, still have football at the same time. But we'll definitely continue to keep our eyes on that. Appreciate Al for that call there. We take our next call into the show. You're live on In My Own Words. What's going on? State your name and where you calling from. Hi, Stephen. Bill from New York. My uh, man, Bill. What's happening, man? <laughs> hope everyone's well. And, uh, you know, I have a comment and a question. My, my thing is with Billingsley, I'm pretty concerned. Uh, last year, he got open quite a bit. He was good at getting open. Now, some of that, of course, was due to the players that had to be covered, you know. But this year, I was hoping that he would be one of the players that had to be covered so he could get our young guys open, these young receivers you were talking about. And, you know, i got to say this. I tape, I tape all these games, and in one catch he made last year in the championship game, after the catch and, you know, after the play, he looked like he was almost trying to kick somebody. He might be a guy. Well, I don't know if anyone else saw that, but, you know, I, I like, again, I have these games on tape. I hope he's not a guy with limited self-control. Because, you know, like I say, we need him. Don't get me wrong, we could win without him. We won without Antonio Alfano. We could win without him. But I want to win with him. My question is, why is there so little mention of Ajay Hall? He was so, so good in the spring game. And, you know, with those long arms and the extension, he reminds me, I know it's early, but a little bit of, uh, of, of, you know, like what we saw last year from the Heisman Trophy winner, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know. I was wondering what you think about that. And thanks for taking my call as always, Stephen. Appreciate the call that coming from Bill. So, Asia Hall, I mean, Hall is good, but it's, it's these other guys are starting to really uh, make their names in here. And that's, you know, guys like Christian Leary, guys like JoJo Earl and Ja'Cory Brooks. They're really starting to make their name in here in, in fall camp. And it's kind of – you know, Hall's taking slight of a back seat. It's not to say he's not good or not talented. It's just other guys are like, some got to give our time is right now. And I've said this before myself, you know, the wide receiver is one of those positions where if you're trying to get it in, you got to get it in fast because if you don't get it in fast – you're going to get recruited over, you're going to get jumped over, and you're left going, well, what in the world's going on? And you have to find yourself in the transfer portal. Now, I'm not saying that Hall is going to be in the transfer portal. Absolutely not. But you're just seeing some of these other receivers, the Learys, the Earls, the Ja'Cory Brookses, are starting to really kind of step their game up and catch the attention of of the coaching staff. But we take our next call here in the evening. You're live on the show. What's going on? State your name and where you calling from. Hey, Tide Man calling from Jackson, Mississippi. How you doing, brother? My man, Tide Man from Mississippi. What's happening, man? I'm doing great, man. I had, had a few points to, to, to bring up to you, but first I got to say, got to love Bill calling from New York, man. If, if that just doesn't show you how deep that Crimson River runs, man, right? Got a dude from New York breaking down the, the specifics and asking specific questions about Bama football. Man, that Bama, that Bama Crimson Tide runs deep, doesn't it? All throughout this country. You can't, you can't deny it. You can't fight it, man. So God bless him, man. God bless all those people up north that love the Crimson Tide, man. And out west, yeah, yes, sir. And, uh, and I, I love what you're wearing today, brother. That's what, what I wanted to say real quickly. Man, every time you come on the air, man, represent yourself and represent that Crimson Tide. Wear, wear them colors, man. Wear, wear the Crimson Tide colors and put your name on that every time you step on the air, man, because it, it needs to be 
you know, you need to represent like you always do. And uh, my questions for you are simply uh, Trey Sanders. You talked about Trey Sanders. I am so excited about him. Do you think we might see him potentially as a kickoff returner or in a punt return situation? I'm thinking JoJo Earl in the punt return. I'm thinking Kamar Wheaton, kickoff return. Trey Sanders, Kamar Wheaton back there in kickoff return. And my my biggest question or my biggest concern, it's not a concern, but I think we we are so loaded offensively. And we are so stout defensively this year. I think this season is going to come down to really Bill O'Brien. What will Bill O'Brien do with this offense? Can he do even remotely? I, I don't expect to do what Steve, Steve Sarkeesian, I think what he did in that one seat was just on another level. I don't think we'll ever see anything like that again. But can Bill O'Brien – manage this offense and direct this offense with the talent that we've had um, because we've got the defense, we've got the weapons. So that's what I think it's going to come down to. Um, and I'm going to hang up and get your thoughts on that, man. Roll Todd and uh, give me a call up there soon, man. Sorry I've been out of touch, man. Love you, brother. Roll Todd, man. Appreciate the call that come from Todd, man. Well, the the uh, the, tra- the Trey Sanders thing on, on ret- in the return game – that would be cool, but I'm kind of hesitant about that because I'm not trying to see Trey Sanders get hurt again. So as as appealing as the return game would be for Trey Sanders, let's kind of put a pin in that one because I don't want to see Trey injured or having another setback. Now, JoJo Earl on punt return, kick return, Kamar Wheaton maybe? I wouldn't mind those two, but let's kind of put a pin there on the Trey part of that. And then for Bill O'Brien, I'm excited about Coach O'Brien. I think he's going to take this offense. He may not do exactly what Sarkeesian did, but at the same time, I still see creativity. I still see balance. I still see fun. I still see explosive playmaking ability coming from Bill O'Brien calling the offense there. Got to shout out my man, Big Bill. Bill from New York, the $5 donation, helping us out here on the show in the Super Chats. Appreciate everybody helping us out here on the show. We're going to go to a quick topic here before we jump back into, into the call lines. Uh, Tua Tonga-Bangoa, great preseason game from him, from him. He is making some people eat their takes right now. In, in the game against the Falcons last week, 16 for 23 passing, had a touchdown pass, had two long-scoring drives, looked good against the Blitz, looked good with his mobility, great accuracy, got that wiggle, got the arm talent like Tua, is making some national folks eat their words right now. I'm looking forward to seeing Tua on the field in the regular season. But before we go to a break, we grab this call right here. You're live on the show. What's going on? State your name and where you're calling from. Yeah, this is William Bryant from Denison, Iowa. We got my man William Bryant from Iowa, the man Big Will in here. What's going on, man? Yes, sir. What's going on? I, I'm I'm doing just great, man. I'm excited to see all the all the guys out there and uh, see them the, uh, having a good time playing football and and uh, I I, I want to do a comment what a uh, what a uh, uh, the guy over in Jackson said. You got a good looking shirt on there, man. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, gotta appreciate the TDA company, man. The TDA company treats me well, man, and I. Gladly, gladly appreciate those guys. Absolutely. But uh, appreciate that call there, Will. But, but yeah. did you have, yeah, did you have well, a question there, Will? No, no, I was just going to come in again. I've been wearing my uh, – well, it's, it's kind of an early plug there for your uh, TDA wear. I've been wearing that uh, Got 18 we do uh, all up around in this area. And uh, I wear it uh, over and around the Omaha area, so – uh, I'm representing us pretty well, all, all that I can. Absolutely, absolutely, my man William, my man William Bryant out of Iowa, calling in, helping us out here on the show. Definitely appreciate him. Well, folks, we're gonna go to another break here on the show. Don't touch that dial. When we get back, we dive into the conversation 
of Jaleel Billingsley. Can he work this thing out with Nick Saban? He's not the first player to ever be in the doghouse and won't be the last. But can he smooth things over with the head football coach? We'll talk about it after this. This is Matt Cadell, former Alabama wide receiver, and you're listening to In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith with Touchdown Alabama Magazine. And I got two words to say, baby. Roll Tide. You know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter. We throw them foes up. But now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace at weownthefourthquarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth-quarter dominance. Get your four-finger bling necklace right now at weownthefourthquarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. Down Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Back into the action, folks. Back in from the break on a Monday. Number one form for Crimson Tide. Football news in my own words. George truly Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. For those of you on the phone lines right now, hold through the segment. We'll be getting back to calls in 10 minutes. Just hold through the segment there. Hold on the line there. Also, got to give a shout-out to you, the fans. Because of you, we are over 17,000 subscribers strong on YouTube. Thanks to you guys. Over 17,000 subscribers strong on YouTube because of you, the fans. Definitely appreciate all that you have done helping to grow the channel here for Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But we now dive into one, Jaleel Billingsley. And this is somebody of whom uh, is an uberly talented player. He's extremely gifted. He's incredibly gifted. Uh, a young man that was a four-star when he came in 2019 to Alabama from Chicago. A guy that Steve Sarkeesian opened up quite a bit in 2020. 18 catches, 287 yards, three touchdowns. And we all know how Bill O'Brien likes to utilize the tight end. So in our mind, it was, you know, Billingsley is going to get even more opportunities, you know, this season. And uh, he's he had a really good spring. He's had a, he had a really good summer. But for some reason, in fall camp, he has found himself in Nick Saban's doghouse or he has found himself in some trouble here, a little trouble here with head coach Nick Saban. Now, twice in fall camp, Saban has made some sharp statements toward Jaleel Billingsley. And uh, once again, you know, I was told uh, Billingsley missed the first couple of days of fall practice because of COVID protocols. Coach Saban said Alabama has had all but one player that has been vaccinated. I don't know if Jaleel Billingsley was the one player that has not been vaccinated. I'm not sure. All I'm saying is Coach Saban told us in the media, everybody except for one player, you know, has been vaccinated. But uh, if the guy, you know, happens to be Jaleel, you know, not showing quarantine, uh, you know, not taking the vaccine, and, you know, Coach Saban in their most recent press conference basically said, you know, Jaleel knows what to do. He knows what he's supposed to do. He knows what his job is. He knows he's got to be a leader. He knows it's all about the team. No, this is not a democracy. Talk to him about it. That's on him. That's up to him what he wants to do. And when Saban is making these types of statements, it all kind of goes back to, you know, the process. And the process is – out of self and into team because when you get to the University of Alabama, it doesn't matter what your star rating is. You can be five-star, four-star, three-star, two-star, walk-on. It doesn't matter what your classification is because once you get to Tuscaloosa, everybody's a dog. Everybody's hungry. Everybody's dominant. Everybody's talented. And it, and it, and it, goes, and it boils down to, you know, uh, what can I bring to the table to help the team accomplish 
its goals, which is winning a championship. What can I do or what, how can I help a team, uh, you know, be special, be dominant, be elite, be a, be a marquee football team? And uh, when you have Saban making these statements to the media, calling out a particular player, then you get the fans going, What's going on in Tuscaloosa? What's the problem in T-Town? Why is Saban going off? What has Billingsley done? Why do you do a drive-by? Do I need to check up on the folks in T-Town? Like, what is happening in Tuscaloosa? Are we going to lose Billingsley to the transfer portal? What is going on here now? And I've even had people asking me, Stephen, what's going on with your little Billingsley? This is bad. I've never seen Saban go off on a player like this. So here's my thoughts on, on the whole process here. Jaleel Billingsley is not the first person to ever be in the quote-unquote doghouse or be in some trouble here with Coach Saban, and he won't be the last. Jaleel Billingsley is not even the first Alabama player, regardless of who the coach is, to be in the doghouse with a particular coach, and he won't be the last. During the Paul Bear Bryant era, we saw this with Joe Namath and Ken Stabler. Both of those two got in, got in Coach Bryant's doghouse doing something that they were not supposed to do. But what happened? Both of those two ended up working their way out of it, winning national championships. Both guys got drafted to play both pro, both guys got drafted to play pro ball. Both guys won Super Bowls as quarterbacks. Both guys are in the Hall of Fame right now. If you look at just this from Nick Saban's perspective, we all remember the great plays Kenyon Drake made. We remember the 87-yard touchdown catch he had against Florida in 2014. We remember his performances against Wisconsin in 2015 to open the season and against Michigan State in the Goodyear Cotton Bowl. Of course, we remember the 95-yard kick return touchdown he had in the national championship game against Clemson. That became a Daniel Moore oil painting. We remember all the good plays, but we forget sometimes that for two years, Kenyon Drizzy Drake was in the doghouse. 2012 and 2013, he was in Saban's doghouse. And, and during those two years, he would get seldom action on the field. He would make a big run here, catch a pass there, make a big play there. We would go, holy smoke, who the heck is that? 17, Drake? Why is he not on the field? I mean, my God. I love some T.J. Yeldon. Don't get me wrong. I love some T.J. Yeldon, but he ain't got that speed. He don't got that burst. He don't got that explosion. He don't got that acceleration. Why we ain't seeing Drake more on the field? The reason why you were not seeing the road runner more on the field is in Saban's doghouse would not want to buy in, bucking against the process. And it wasn't until Kiffin comes in in 2014 uh, that Drake finally buys in. And you saw in 14, he opened that season up with five touchdowns. Unfortunately, he got hurt against Ole Miss, but he started to get on the field more. He started to be on the field more. And, uh, of course, that led into, you know, his success in the 2015 season. Uh, the same thing with guys like Tony Brown. Started off bucking against the process, but finally bought in. Finally did what he was supposed to do. And he became the emotional leader of a 2017 defense, Christian Barmore. It was reported 2019 that he wasn't buying in, bucking against the process. What happened when he finally bought in in 2020? We saw what happened with him. Eight sacks, net the team. Nine and a half tackles for loss. Was the defensive MVP of a national championship game. We even look at guys like Najee Harris, uh, Najee Harris, Terrell Lewis, Brian Robinson Jr., and Devontae Smith. Those four guys were suspended for the first quarter of a 2019 season opener against Duke. Why? Violation of team rules. But those four got their act together, and you saw what happened. I mean, Devontae Smith, first-round pick. Najee Harris, first-round pick. Terrell Lewis got drafted in the, in the third round of 2020 by the Rams. And Brian Robinson is in his fifth year with the Tide and looks to be the starting running back for this upcoming season. So, We've seen prominent players either start their career off in the doghouse or get into some trouble with Coach Saban, but they found a way to figure it out, smooth it out, work it out, get back on the field and, 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 and make some special things happen. So for Billingsley, the ball kind of in his court right now. Can he work it out with Coach Saban? Can he smooth it out with Coach Saban? Can he find a way to 
you know, get this thing put behind him and get on the field because as talented as Cameron Latou is, and I like Latou, 81 is my dude, he ain't Jaleel Billings. <laughs> Jaleel Billings is a difference maker. Jaleel Billings is a special type of cat. Jaleel Billings got some different sauce, you know, on him. So you got to get, you know, this guy, you know, on the field. So in terms of Jaleel Billingsley, uh, what, what happened was I was told, you know, COVID protocols, you know, COVID situation, uh, you know, Nick Saban was mentioning how Alabama has all but one player vaccinated. It's the one player Jaleel Billingsley could be. Uh, was not made known of that information, but, you know, Saban saying not being a team player, you know, not showing that leadership that he needs to do to buy into the team. So he's got to find that way to buy into the team, uh, whatever that case may be, and be a part of the process because you got to have this man on the field because he's a special player at that position and has a chance to be a first-round pick, especially if we see Big Dog 19 on the field. But that's going to take us to another break here on the show. Don't touch that dial because when we return, we get back into the call lines to take your calls, your thoughts, your interactions with Uva Tide Nation after this. Don't touch that dial. Call in right now as we're taking your calls up next on In My Own Words with Stephen M. Smith. Brought to you by We Own the Fourth Quarter. Visit WeOwnTheFourthQuarter.com now to get your four-finger bling necklace. What's up, Bama Nation? This is Rudy Griffin, former Alabama defensive lineman. And you're listening to my guy, Stephen M. Smith, in my own words, brought to you by Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Roll, roll. You know what we do at the start of the fourth quarter. We throw the foes up. But now you don't have to wait until the fourth quarter. Get your four-finger bling necklace at weownthefourthquarter.com. It's the first and only logo that captures the essence of all Crimson Tide players and fans as we represent the legendary Alabama football fourth quarter dominance. Get your four-finger bling necklace right now at weownthefourthquarter.com. Get yours today and stun on them haters. Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. We are rolling back in here from the break with number one form for Bama. Football news on a Monday, in my own words, George Truly Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. As always, Tide fans, if you want your photo featured on the show, when you call in, you send that picture, that photo, to tdalabamateam at gmail.com. That's tdalabamateam at gmail.com. Send the photo right there, and we will have your photo along with your name featured on screen on the show as you call in. But as we're back in from the break here, call statement brought to you by the Blue Wrench Gang, 205-448-1358. That's number right there, 205-448-1358. We grab a call right here. You're live on the show. What's going on? State your name and where you calling from. Hey, uh, this is Robert from Mobile. Rob, what's happening, man? Hey, yeah, I was uh, hoping that maybe you had a little more detail on what the situation is with uh, Billings Lee and Nick Saban. I've heard things about practice and that kind of thing. Well, I guess I wasn't really clear on it. I mean, if it's practice, then I mean, come on, guy, you got to get every. That's what you everybody has to do. So, I mean, I don't understand what the problem is there. Um, then I've heard like. Uh, not following whatever they say COVID protocol is. Now that I'm a bit more understanding of Billingsley, especially if it's to take the shot. If he doesn't want to take the shot, I don't like this forced vaccination stuff on people myself either. So 
I mean, it's st- supposedly still a free country. If that's the way case, and he shouldn't be able to force to take any shot that he doesn't want to take, which, I mean, you can still get COVID, so I'm not sure the effectiveness of it. But I was hoping that maybe you had a, mo- may have a little more detail in uh, what's going on with uh, with Billingsley in the situation because, you know, he's in the wrong program if it's something other than, you know, if it's not wanting to go to practice or come in late or mouthing off or whatever. Then you're in the wrong program for that kind of attitude. <laughs> if you remember the old hard uh, Beyonce song, Irreplaceable, <laughs> you know, you must not know about me with Nick Saban. That's the attitude I have. You know, okay. You know, you're dealing with with Saban if that's the case. But if, um, if it's something else, then, you know, like vaccine or the shot or whatever, then that shouldn't be forced on him if he doesn't want to do that. I, I don't like all this forced vaccination because it's not a vaccine. It's just forced shot to begin with. So, but hopefully uh, they can work it out. Like you said, it can uh, get back to where he can be a, a, a contributing member to the team like he has been in the past. So, all right, man. Appreciate that call there from Robert from Mobile. I mean, absolutely. I'll be doing uh, some more digging here to see uh, any more information or any deeper information when it comes down to Jamil Billingsley because you, you do want to see him on the field, especially after what he did last season. And now that you have Bill O'Brien, somebody who knows how to birth tight ends to the next level, you want to see Jamil you know, be that guy that O'Brien does birth to the next level. I like Cam too. Absolutely, I do. And he's had an outstanding offseason. Looking forward to seeing him on the field this year. But Billingsley is a difference maker. He's a special player. Kind of reminds me of Kyle Pitts from Florida, you know, during his career and could possibly be even better than what Pitts was. So hopefully we can see a, a resolve from Saban and Billingsley on the field where that is concerned. But quick little topic here, people. Alabama had five guys named to the Associated Press, the AP preseason All-America team. The announcement came out on this morning. Uh, Those five guys include, for the first team, it was Evan Neal at offensive tackle, Will Anderson at outside linebacker. For the second team, it was Emil Ekior Jr. on the offensive line, John Mechie at wide receiver, and Christian Harris at linebacker. So in all... You had Evan Neal, Will Anderson, Emil Echior, John Mechie, and Christian Harris all named to the AP uh, preseason All-American team for this upcoming season. So we're still seeing more of these Bama names get on these uh, preseason All-American teams, preseason watching this. There's so much to be expected from the Crimson Tide for this upcoming season. And this is despite all the pieces that were lost to the NFL draft, especially on offense with uh, Devontae Smith, uh, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Najee Harris, uh, Mac Jones, Landon Dickerson, Deontay Brown, Alex Netherwood, despite losing all of those guys to the NFL and one Steve Sarkeesian to Texas, people are still looking at Alabama. This is still the team to beat in college football. This is still the team to put players on these preseason watching this. Why? Because Nick Saban is still at the helm uh, going into his 15th year as head coach we take our next break here on the show but people when we get back we dive into the defensive recap from alabama's second scrimmage some defensive players stepping up taking ownership emerging doing some big things we'll tidy up loose ends and wrap it up with the defense after this what's up ladies and gentlemen This is Marvin Constant, All-SEC linebacker and 1999 SEC champion. You are listening to In My Own Words, brought to you by Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Roll Tide. If you're an avid Alabama Crimson Tide fan and you love to flaunt it, then show your Alabama Crimson Tide support by grabbing the Alabama sneakers. They feature bold Crimson Tide graphics, so no one will be able to question where your allegiance lies. When you add these sweet sneakers to your Alabama Crimson Tide collection, go to stsfootwear.com and use the code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. That's code TDALABAMA for $15 off your purchase. Go to stsfootwear.com and get your Alabama sneakers today. 
Touchdown Alabama Magazine is Alabama football's premier publication. A subscription to Touchdown Alabama Magazine is the perfect gift for any Alabama fan. For exclusive news and information, recruiting updates, a free annual print magazine, and more, go to touchdownalabama.com and click join. Only $7.95 per month or pay $74.95 for a full year subscription. That's a yearly saving of $20. Go to touchdownalabama.com today and roll tide. Thank you for tuning in. Show your support right now by clicking that like button. If you haven't subscribed, hit the subscribe button now and enable all notifications to make sure you don't ever miss any of the best Alabama football news, notes, and information right here on Touchdown Alabama. As we are back into the action from the break of the number one form for Bama. Football news, in my own words, or truly Stephen M. Smith of Touchdown Alabama Magazine on a Monday, getting that work week started off for you correctly. Final week of fall camp for the Crimson Tide. 12 days until Alabama-Miami to open up this college football season. And I know a few of you in the chat have been wondering about Kool-Aid McKinstry not being on the roster. He's there now. McKinstry is on the roster now. It was probably a situation, maybe one of the interns, uh, deleted him off the roster and had to add him back in. You know, little small mistakes, you know, happened here or there. But Kool Aid is back. McKinstry is back there on the roster, according to RollTide.com, for the Crimson Tide. But before we get into recapping the defensive highlights from the second scrimmage, gotta remind you of TDAware.com. That is TDAware.com. So for all of you fans still overjoyed with the Crimson Tides National Championship, we want you to check out our Championship Collection merch. Now this means you grab you an ATM Thanks Folk hoodie, t-shirt, or sweatshirt, as well as our Got 18 We Do shirts. Designs that feature all 18 championship gears on the back. You head on over to TDAware.com. Do it right now. That's TDAware.com and go to the Championship Collections merch tab and get you that gear today. Showing that support for Coach Saban, the University of Alabama, the student athletes, and us here at Touchdown Alabama Magazine. But we now look at the defense here for the Crimson Tide in the second scrimmage. And defense continues to be the crown jewel. Guys running all over the field, guys making plays. The offense has been able to get some explosive things, but the defense is still being ahead of the group and ahead of the curve. And uh, the first guy we got to point out here, Drew Sanders has come alive. Drew Sanders is here. Drew Sanders has emerged, people. And this is one of the guys that you as fans have been wanting to see. Is Drew Sanders doing something? Is he popping? Is he turning up? Is he emerging? Is he making his presence felt? He's come alive in camp. And I was told that, you know, Chris Allen did not scrimmage over the weekend. So Drew Sanders got a lot of time out there on the field, and he wrecked havoc. He got the quarterback. He got to running backs. He made plays. He had a very athletic interception off Bryce Young during a seven-on-seven situation. So Drew Sanders making his presence felt a little bit. I, I, he will be on the field more this season. Now, he'll be – First off the bench to replace Chris Allen, but Drew Sanders will be on the field more this season. Happy to see him emerging, coming alive in fall camp. Behind Sanders, Will Anderson, folks, this man cannot be blocked. He cannot be stopped. I mean, quarterbacks will fear this man to a higher degree in the upcoming season. And uh, after seeing what he did last year, and this is without him having full knowledge of a defensive system. Now he's got full knowledge of the system. He's gained eight pounds over the summer, going from 235 to 243. And, and by the way, you know, he, he you know, full knowledge of the system. He's, he's been beating Evan Neal in practice. He's been beating 6'7". 350-pound Evan Neal off the ball in practices and in both scrimmages. He's gotten the best of Evan Neal. We're talking Evan Neal, potential top five draft pick. Evan Neal, potential Outland Trophy winner. Evan Neal, one of the best offensive tackles in college football. Evan Neal, freak show Evan Neal. 
Will Anderson has been getting around him and getting the better of him in practices and scrimmages. So uh, if you're posing quarterbacks out there, <laughs> this, this is a man you got to fear with huge proportions because he has put that freshman year behind him. He's all about the sophomore season, and he's been, I mean, he, he's been adding to his he's – about, he's about to add to that resume. It's already pretty big as it is. I mean, Will Anderson cannot be stopped. They cannot block him. Moving on to the next kind of, kind of highlight here uh, defensively from the scrimmage. These young defensive backs are continuing to turn up, and I'm referring to the guys in this 2021 class in Terion Arnold, Kyrie Jackson, and Christian Story. Uh, these three guys are snapping. Kool-Aid's out there too doing his thing. Uh, Terion Arnold's been snapping hard, though. Uh, came in as a safety. Alabama's been playing him some at corner. Uh, really, really good athlete. A guy that's got the size, the speed, the length, the ball skills, the change of direction, you know, everything, everything that you need there. You know, being a corner, Kyrie Jackson has been hitting, hitting, hitting. Man, he looks good out there. Kyrie looks good. He, he, he's starting to turn up some a little bit. And, then of course, Christian Story, he's always finding a way to get into to making some plays, whether it's forcing a fumble here, getting a pass break up there, making a big tackle here. So you're seeing these 2021 defensive backs make their presence felt here in fall camp. And so last but not least here, You've got two experienced guys in the secondary, that being Brian Branch and Daniel Wright. The question, the thing here is, DeMarco Hellum suffered a slight ankle injury, a sprained ankle in fall camp. So I was told he got the, uh, by respectable sources, he got the, uh, the tightrope surgery done on his ankle. The tightrope surgery is a procedure that Tuatonga Vangoa had, that Jalen Waddle had. So... DeMarco Hellum should be good to go against Miami. He should be. If in the event that he does not go against the Canes, now you look at between Daniel Rye or Brian Branch, who starts at that free safety position if in the event DeMarco Hellums cannot go. And this is interesting because you've got Brian Branch, of whom Saban has said he's played everywhere in the secondary. He's extremely versatile. Last year, seven pass breakups, two interceptions. A guy that's a uh, all-American potential type of player in the back end. Has an extremely high ceiling. Has major upside. But then you also have Daniel Wright, who's played a lot of football. He's, he's in his you know, fifth year with the team. Uh, came in 2017. He's played in 44 career games. Uh, to me, uh, Wright is a playmaker, but... There are moments where it's kind of feast or famine with him. Uh, she'll either make the play, as we saw last year, the pick six against Texas A&M. He also had another interception against Georgia. Or, you know, he'll, he'll gamble. He'll kind of panic and gamble. And he'll miss the play. And the opposition cashes in. We saw that quite a bit against Ole Miss. So it's kind of feast or famine with Wright. But he's got that experience. And in years past, Saban was more so an experienced guy over a guy with high ceiling, guy with high upside. That changed in the national championship against Georgia where, you know, Jalen Hurts was 26-2 as a starter, had all of the experience, had all the trust, had all the leadership. But against Georgia, the Bulldogs had his number. Alabama couldn't move the football. There was no juice, no energy, no electricity on offense. And Saban's like, man, I like Jalen. That's my guy. He's got the experience. But – Tua's got the one thing that Jalen's lacking right now and that we need. Tua's got the ability to open our offense up, get our receivers involved, get some energy in here, and put Georgia on its heels. And we all saw it happen in the second half of that game. So since then, Saban's kind of going to the motif of if the upside of the young player is higher or better than the experience of the veteran, but I'll roll the dice on the young player. So we, we, we will see what happens here. If DeMarco Hellams cannot go once again, he had the, uh, the tightrope surgery done on his ankle, if he cannot go against Miami at that free safety spot as a starter, then we're looking at either Daniel Rye or Brian Branch starting in his spot. I would like to see Brian Branch get that shot right there. But if Daniel Wright 
isn't an opportunity. We will see how Saban chooses to play this. But those are just you know, the defensive guys or the highlights there from the defense coming from the second scrimmage. But as always, Bama fans, you want the best in news, notes, information, and coverage on your favorite program, that being the Crimson Tide. You can get this by accessing the touchdown Alabama Magazine app. You download the app from the iPhone App Store if you're rocking Team Apple. Google Play Store if you got the Android phone for your audio listening needs. We got you right here. iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Spreaker, Google Play, Overcast.fm, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. We got you covered. We got to shout out Richard G with that $5 donation helping us out here on the show. Appreciate the love there from Richard G. As always, Tide fans, you can purchase individual copies of Touchdown Alabama Magazine. Had those sent to your door. That link will be in the description. Also, if you're trying to get your hands on the fresh edition, the print edition of TDA the Magazine, you go to touchdownalabama.com. You click join, become a member, a subscriber today. That link will be in the description. And also, if you're trying to get your hands on the four-finger bling necklace, four-finger bling jewelry, courtesy of weownthefourthquarter.com. That's weownthefourthquarter.com. That link in the description as well. But until next time, folks, husbands, love your wives. Wives, appreciate value. Those husbands, children, continue doing the right thing, fun thing, smart thing, good thing, legitimate thing to not be bored. Also, get that schoolwork done. School is back in. Get those three hearty meals a day, those three great laughs a day. You protect yourself. Protect the loved ones around you. Until next time, folks, spit in my own words. Yeah.